0: It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 11th of July 2023. Coming up on market day, Nathan Durham from Deep Data Analytics on why shares broke their four-day losing streak, but first to the world according to Bill Evans, the Westpac chief economist who is stepping down after more than 30 years. In this exclusive interview, he talks about his career highlights, lessons learned, and his advice to those in power and those looking to break into the industry. Bill, so after more than 30 years as Chief Economist at Westpac, you're stepping away from it at the end of the year to take on a new role as Senior Economic Advisor. Why now?
1: Well, Ricardo, I'm 72 years of age, and I think it was time for generational change at the top of the Economics Department. And, of course, we're absolutely delighted that we could get someone of the high quality of Lucy Ellis to... uh, to take the role over. So it's a combination of a good time for me uh, and a great time to get someone of, of Lucy's ability and and uh, background and experience to uh, to carry on the good work.
0: I know it's a broad question, but of those 30 plus years, what have been some of your career highlights?
1: Oh, look, I think there have been a couple. Uh, this week I found out that uh, the, the the in, the industry basis survey of, of, of large corporates started in 2006. There was a question in that who provides the the most useful analysis of the economy and Westpac was number one for 17 consecutive years. So that was a pretty good one. Second one I think is the uh, the fact that the four key guys that work in my team have served in the in that in that role for an average of 19 years. I guess the third one was that when I was in New York. Um, I visited a hedge fund and the the head of the hedge fund was uh, someone who'd listened to a speech I gave at Sydney University back in about 10 years ago uh, and was so inspired by that, decided to take up markets. So he's now head of a hedge fund. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty interesting highlight as well.
0: Now, I acknowledge that the pandemic was once in a lifetime, but how is the economy different now to when you were starting out? And are there any lessons that you learned that could be applied now to help manage it out of high inflation? I think, Ricardo,
1: the big issue is how people underestimate the importance of fiscal policy. So when I started out in the early 90s, the big issue was that uh, fiscal policy wasn't used aggressively enough to get the economy moving uh, through that very very deep recession that we saw in the late 80s early 90s and i think in the current situation the modeling that i've seen suggests that of the three percent of that inflation that's um that's been due to demand about two and a half percentage points comes from fiscal policy and only about a half a percent from monetary policy so we've got to be very careful with fiscal policy uh, it is. It, 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 we shouldn't just look at demand management in terms of monetary policy and inflation management in terms of monetary policy. I think it's very important to have both policies moving together. To me, that's a really important lesson that I've learned over through uh, through a large number of cycles now.
0: What's your message to young people, especially kids, thinking about a career in economics or who may not even know what economics is all about, about the opportunities and rewards of a job in the industry and perhaps a way to get even greater diversity, whether it be culturally or gender, into the sector?
1: Ricardo, there's no doubt that we have a high degree of diversity in the, in the uh, economics industry. Uh, and to, to point, uh, Lu- Lucy will now be the first... Uh, female chief economist, and I'm sure there'll be many more to follow her. But I think the lesson is that economics is a great base for a a wide range of of a a number of uh, uh, vocations. Not many people end up doing what I've been doing for 30 years, which is macroeconomics, financial market economics. But many, many people use their economics training to move into funds management, into government, uh, into a whole range of different uh, commercial uh, activities. And you find that economics is a great base for that. So I think people should really consider getting that economics base but not always think that I'm going
0: to be a professional economist. And finally, on to the news of the day, consumer confidence. Your index shows they failed to respond to the RBA's rate pause with sentiment at what you're calling deeply pessimistic levels. Why do you think that is and what are they most worried about? Uh, Look, it remains very deeply pessimistic
1: and it's been that way for over a year now. Uh, The weakness was very much the first six months of that year, but since then it's just remained at those very low levels in the sort of 70 to 80 point range. Look, I think what we've found in our research over many, many months now is that the thing that's concerning people the most is inflation. Uh, And one of the reasons why we had a boost in the index this time of 2.6%, uh, was the fact that the previous week uh, inflation had reported to have fallen from 6.8% to 5.6%. Indeed, the Reserve Bank pause that you would have expected would have helped confidence actually did not do that at all. So I think, people, it's really about inflation uh, and we're really not going to get uh, in uh, confidence back to the sort of levels that we would like to see until we see much lower inflation and we have interest rates on hold for an extended period. These pauses that we're seeing at the moment, people are quite sceptical that it's that, that it's the end of the cycle. Uh, they all, I think, the general expectation, we saw that in the survey, that more than 40% of the respondents exe- expect rates to go up by more than 1%. Now, I think that's highly pessimistic, but confidence around the interest rate story is much lacking at the moment. Bill Evans there, Chief
0: Economist at Westpac. Now, Market Day, on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market rose for the first day in five. The S&P ASX 200 up 1.5%, 7,108 points. For more, I spoke with Nathan Somosandaram from Deep Data Analytics.
2: Yeah, it is a low turnover day. I mean, this week it has been like that. Yesterday also we had we only had like about four and a half billion going through. And today it looks like similar run up. So we're in a low turnover day. There's index flows that come through in the morning. So it just basically pops up the market. If there isn't enough selling, then the market remains relatively positive. So it gets exa- exaggerated a bit.
0: In saying that though, which sectors are driving the gains?
2: So for us, it's mainly at the moment, it's overall happening everywhere. Um, it's pretty much an index buying. So it's really a, a global flow into the overall market. But the, the worries are obviously China related. Um, so the resources who have been the outperformers in this bear market over the last two years um, have actually started to underperform. So we're getting a bit of a rebalancing of what has happened over the last couple of years in the last three to four months.
0: Speaking of China, I'd love to get your take on it. Yesterday, the nation recorded zero inflation annually in June. Its central bank has recently cut interest rates numerous times over the past couple of weeks. How worried are you about China? I mean, even today, Bloomberg's reporting that there may be more economic support to cushion its property sector now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think that ends. I think you'd continuously have to be supported. I think the property market has been, um, I suppose, The government moved to curb property prices of speculation in the property market a couple of years ago, and that continues to play out. Um, I don't think that's going to turn anytime soon. Property developers are in real trouble. So the government has to put in support to hold them together. I'm not actually overly worried about China in in context. If you look at what happened through the post-pandemic period, Chinese inflation never went past 3%. So they were always within range. They've just come off their peak and now come back to zero which is logical, they're the biggest manufacturer in the world and people are not buying stuff. Um, so when it came to the pandemic, you had supply side issues. So everyone stocked up. So you had too much inventory. So the, obviously the demand was starting to fade for new things. And then the consumer spending is started to roll over. So no one's really buying more things. There's no demand globally coming. So China is slowing down, Their inflation is going down with that. I don't think that's anything of a real surprise. Um, It is a worry, but look, if you had to pick a problem to have, I'd rather be China than the rest of the world.
0: Is it fair to say perhaps that the market is also kind of waiting to see what happens with the big economic event of the week? And that's likely to be that US inflation result. What are you expecting to come out of it? And what does it say about the direction of the US economy?
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one because what the data, the the nominal data doesn't actually show you the picture. So um, the nominal um, inflation measure should come down to low 3%, which sounds like a really good move. Uh, And it's because there are certain parts that are moving dramatically, Uh, especially this time. We expect the used car sales prices that's collapsing uh, should actually, uh, I suppose, help that. But the main thing is you look at the core inflation. The core inflation in the US has been pretty much um, stuck in a 10 basis point range for the last six months. I suspect it'll come down a bit from there. The bigger one for the Fed is the PCE core, which actually went up the last time. So again, they're still quite elevated. So I don't think it'll change anything, but the the reality is we need to see these numbers keep coming down. So I think the next rate hike From the fed which is about two to three weeks away is pretty much booked in i think the probability is over 90 percent for a 25 basis point hike i think that happens and then the fed will flag that they will keep looking at the data and acting so they will buy themselves a bit of time then they can pause for a month or two and see how the data plays out but i think the biggest thing that people have to realize is even the most optimistic view suggests that over the next two to three years the interest rates in the US will average around the mid fours. So the economy is still going to be pretty tight. Things are going to be slow. And this is that part of the cycle where, you know, if you brought forward growth for over a decade, there was always going to be a catch up period where things are going to be low growth. And we're in stuck in that cycle. So there's going to be low growth for a period of time and inflation going down means corporate earnings will be weaker too.
0: Okay, given that, Given the environment we are in at the moment, are there any opportunities for investors right now?
2: Yeah, look, I think you've got to be very sector specific, uh, stock specific. Uh, I think it's going to be a real stock picker's market. There there are a number of sectors that are doing a lot better than the overall market. Um, You know, our market is what, 25% of our index is held by three stocks, BHP, um, CBA and CSL. So if you look outside that, you are still, still seeing good growth coming in some sectors. Insurance sector, dramatic improvement in premium rates. Uh, if you look at utilities, prices are going up, so the utility sector is doing well. If you look at the gold sector, now that interest rates are uh, look to have peaked, now the cost of holding gold has come down, so gold sector is starting to outperform. Then you look at services sector, whether it's uh, industrial services, commercial services, mining services, they're all doing relatively better after getting beaten up for a couple of years. So there are areas of the market that are doing quite well, but overall market is going to be soggy
0: for a period of time. Nathan somersen there from Deep Data Analytics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only